Melinda, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. It's your first time on the podcast. Yes. Because you're relatively new to Cumberland. Relatively. Yes. I mean, I would say that timelines have totally gone out the window with the pandemic. So who actually knows how long it's been since we've been here? Exactly. It's gone by fast. I've been here a little over two years working for the city of Cumberland. It was two years in September. Yeah. So it had, yeah, it's, it's zoomed. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine it, it would be, and and I guess it was a untypical introduction into a smaller town because you got hired during a pandemic. Definitely. It was, um, yeah, it was a very odd time. I came here in July of 2020 and started the job in September, right in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Like smack dab in the middle of it. And it was, it was challenging, you know, to be able to get out and meet people and, um, and the businesses that I was here to help were somewhat struggling, you know, during the pandemic. So, um, yes, it was, it was an interesting time for sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that that is going to be the one of the most under or overused. Uh, yes. word. In, it was an interesting, interesting time. time. Um, so for people who don't know, what do you do? So, um, well, my title is Executive Director of the Downtown Development Commission okay. in Cumberland, which is part of the city government. And um, we oversee the uh, care and maintenance of the downtown Cumberland Mall, mall pedestrian mall, mm-hmm. Um and really my job is to help market and promote the small businesses that are downtown in the DDC district. Okay. Um, which is more than just Baltimore street, the, the main road that goes through downtown. Um, yeah. And, and events, we put on lots of events that mm-hmm. are community events, um, events to help the small businesses with foot traffic, um, things like that. So it, it's, it's marketing, it's, social media, it's promotions, it's like it's a economic, economic development. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lot of kind of lot grant of writing, things. you know, there's some grant writing. Um, we are part of the, so we are, um, in the state of Maryland, we are a main street community. Yes. So main street, Maryland is a state organization that has 33 main street, uh, communities. Mm-hmm. Cumberland was the very first one in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. And we were designated back in the mid to late nineties. Okay. And, um, and what that means is that we're part of that network, which is very helpful because we can all share information, what's working, what's not working. They have a conference every year we can all go to together. And, um, and then I, uh, have meetings with just the local Maryland communities. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the designations are hard to come by, I would imagine. Yeah, I think um, we have to every year, there's stipulations you have to meet mm-hmm. during the year. So we have opportunities for grant money. And when yeah. we get that, we have to obviously report back on that, how we sure. spent the money. You and know, how effective kind of it was. Exactly, like what the outcomes were. But then I have a monthly report that I turn in that nice. tells about all of our activities that we've been working on, um, event-wise, promotion-wise, um, things we're doing downtown for to be green and safe and clean mm-hmm. and um, like sustainability practices, sustainability, mm-hmm. economic development, um, new business. You, we, <clears throat> we tell what new businesses opened 
did any close, you know, things like that. So just accurate report. reporting. Yep. So they know. And also, I guess that helps them with like funding. So if they're kind of creating a grant, absolutely, then they can kind of have some resources to say like, no, we wrote this grant initially and it didn't work because of these factors. Right. Let's rewrite or retool the grant Correct. to make it more efficient. Right. Nice. So it helps them with that data collection, you know, for, like you said, future grants, but also to make sure like best practices are being followed and yeah. are there things we're doing that aren't working and we can pivot and learn new sure. best practices. So because you started in the middle of a global pandemic that you noticed a lot of businesses doing pivots and changing things and how their business models or their structures or how they were delivering their product and um, a huge jump on social media or online basis mm -hmm. and curbside pickup and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So Everybody is aware of those particular changes. Is there anything that has um, been a good lesson or something that's applied now that's like, why weren't we doing this five or six years ago? What, right. what was, <clears throat> why was this the uh, impetus for us to push in that direction mm -hmm. so quickly? Yeah, I think um, a lot of the businesses have learned even more importantly how, important relationship is mm -hmm. with the people who are coming in their shops. Now we get a lot of tourists in Cumberland. Yeah. Obviously those folks aren't coming into the shops every week or month or, right. you know, but um, even those folks were important to stay in touch with because when they come back to Cumberland, you want to be sure that they remember you, right? If yeah. you're a small business. And so I think people, realized more and more how important it was to create to establish those relationships with their customers mm -hmm. whether they were local or not so things like um you know having an email list and gathering email addresses to be able to touch base with them even mm -hmm. if it was a couple of times a year or to sure. say thank you for coming in the shop particularly during the pandemic or thank you for coming up to the curb to pick up food or yeah. you know that kind of thing and you're right all the things you mentioned were really big so people a lot of stores that didn't have online presence at all started that, which yeah. in some cases really kind of saved them, you know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, restaurants in particular doing curbside pickup or delivery of mm -hmm. food. Um, and it also was able to keep some, a few people employed because as you know, a lot of people got laid off yeah. from particularly restaurants and yeah, bars. Hospitality was it took hospitality. A huge hit. Yeah. So some of those business owners really figured out ways to, to keep some people, mm -hmm. you know, employed doing those kind of things. Um, so I think, um, and we'll talk about this, I know in a minute about the construction project, revitalization project downtown. The project. Yeah, the project. But all of the things that they learned in the pandemic are going to totally apply again mm -hmm. during the construction um, downtown. So again, that relationship building, having the online presence, um, communicating with your customers, um, that those kind of things are going to, and that's what we're trying to help them prepare mm -hmm. for again is cause you, you know, now that the world is opening up somewhat yeah, that they're so thrilled to have people walk in their shop or their restaurant or their bar that they sort of, you know, you start to forget mm -hmm. like it, it sort of almost seems like a dream sometimes that we went through that. And so yeah. you have to hold, we're encouraging them to still hold on to those things to, um, to, to use, you know, during the construction. So, um, I guess this is a good time to talk about the project. Though. <clears throat> yeah, I guess yeah. we should. So the project, 
I'm going to just preface this by saying uh, it was somewhat controversial. Yes. It still is kind of a little bit little controversial. Bit. Yep. Um, but uh, I would like to say that I've I've always thought that when they started the pedestrian, when they, they came up with the idea of a pedestrian mall, so many, I think like in the 70s, I think it was, mm-hmm. they, were, they were saying, mm-hmm. they had so many kind of crazy ideas. One of them was to enclose it um, with glass. Have you heard this? No. Yeah. Uh, no, obviously that didn't happen, but they're like, <laughs> let's turn it into like um, the mall because what happened was they opened the country club mall. It shut down a lot of businesses that were mainly focused in the downtown. Right. And so they said, well, how can we re- how can we kind of like get people back into like in a, a mall setting, yes. which is why they called it the mall. Right. So creative. Um, <laughs> but the problem is, is that, you know, things have moved forward and, you know, our infrastructure is really, really bad downtown. We don't have proper sewage lines or water lines and right. gas lines and electric and also fiber optics, which is something that we need to kind of to attract business to downtown. Right. Um, that could occupy some of those large vacant buildings that have been there for several years. Um, you know, change is hard, but I also think that we have really good, um, case studies with Frederick and other small cities that have had, have done a redevelopment or revitalization project like this. And it's worked. It has. So we have to kind of keep that in our mind's eye. Right. And we're not, I think people think you're ripping it up and it's going to be completely different. And all it is, is it's, it's going to be better. And I think it's an improvement Yes. rather than a total like gut run out. You're never going to recognize it again. Right. That's true. So, you know, one of the main goals with this is to keep the historic um, look and feel mm-hmm. of what what downtown is. Because if you walk down on Baltimore Street in particular, but other side streets as well, you see all this amazing architecture. Mm-hmm. Every building looks different, um, but historic. Yeah. And so that is not going to change. No. Those aren't going to be touched. And so the design, it, it's been designed in a way that complements that Mm -hmm. and doesn't take away from everything will be bricked still. Yeah. You know, there'll be, um, and it's also sustainable. Correct. So that's another thing. Yes. We're trying to future, you're trying to future proof as much as possible so that you don't have to do this again. Right. And and that's where the infrastructure comes in. Mm -hmm. So all the stuff about the project that is, um, you know, people aren't going to see because it's going to be yes. below the street. It's <laughs> exactly. not the sexy part of the project at all. No. But it's so critical, like you said, for the sustainability. So they're putting new, you know, water and sewer lines. and um, But the, the 5G is going to be huge mm-hmm. because businesses want that. They need it to run a business. It's hard to get a Wi-Fi signal downtown. It's I'm almost just, impossible. I'm just telling you. So like if, when I work downtown with, with local businesses, it's like I can't, I can't connect half the time to anything. Right. Which is really frustrating when you're trying to show something to them in that kind of a setting. It is. And, you know, they're like, well, if this, if you can't do it, then is it even worth it? I've heard that. And I was like, well, you know, eventually it will be and people will be able to connect. Yes, sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, the other thing is the power down there is we all, we have so many issues with the power. Oh, really? Yes. The light poles are go out half the time. Huh. And we have to work with the city guys that do that kind of work on connections and 
we always hold our breath during the tree lighting because we don't really know if everything's going to really light oh, up. That's right. Cause you shut everything down. You shut everything off. Oh, so no. it's very stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully this will be the last year for that. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, all of these things are investments, mm-hmm. right. For the future of, of downtown. Yeah. And when you have a downtown, like we do, that's so unique Mm-hmm. in the architecture and other and the historical um, nature of it. It's an investment for the future that will pay off in spades for, you know, years and years and years, and hopefully really in perpetuity. Like, yeah. it, you know, it'll be forever, forever. Mm-hmm. You may have to replace some landscaping here and there. A or, light bulb, everyone. Right. Yeah. But really, it, it is being, it, it was so thoughtful how they figured out, like, the landscaping plan. Mm-hmm. Um the right kind of trees that you know are hardy and yeah. are and will grow, grow fast they but grow don't f- block the architectural view correct which i think so i mean for those who haven't nerded out and read the entire plan um it's really impressive because it i is. think a lot of the que- if you want to do that you totally can mm-hmm. but the thing is is that it's it's so it's it's done well it was done by a firm that does this a firm, out of, a firm out of Frederick yeah. that had done the Frederick project and, um, and others around the country. Mm-hmm. And, um, so they were very thoughtful and we have a, what we call the Baltimore street work group. It's yeah. kind of the committee that has made the decisions about, I mean, we have had painstaking meetings where we've talked for hours and hours, just about a bench or a light pole or, you know, things that we've been really thoughtful about it, yeah. you know, about things that will, last out in the weather and that things that look a little more modern but don't take away from the historic charm um cost was a factor we looked at all of those things Mm -hmm. availability um all of it so all of those little details are in the plan including a whole separate landscaping plan um and there are renderings um of the project Mm -hmm downtown um they've got we've got banners hanging up by cbiz at the liberty street stage at the main um fountain where the christmas tree goes there's mm-hmm. a big um, banner there and then we have um renderings on boards like on easels in the peskins building in mm-hmm. the windows that you can walk by and look at to really see what it's going to look like yeah um so you know and clearly people believe in this because we have had numerous um people investing in buildings downtown because yeah. they want to get in now before the construction because they know the value is going to go up yeah, and the expense to purchase a building will go up. Well, yeah, so. because you're, you're basically putting all new infrastructure in so they wouldn't Correct. have to do that. And then that that's less work for them to do. Right. And there's all kind of grants we have for, um, um, the water lines going up mm-hmm. to the buildings so they can do fire suppression in yeah. their buildings eventually themselves if they don't have those and mm-hmm. some do and some don't. Right. So, um, so the hookup, the hookup is the most expensive part right. of the, uh, putting in a sprinkler system in a right. building, which most people don't think about. They're like, Oh yeah, the, I would think of you running the pipes and the water lines in the building. That's expensive. But the most expensive part is connecting it to the grid. Correct. Yeah. And we're encouraging them to do that now while they have, grant money and Mm -hmm. um because if they do it later we're going to have to tear up the the and they're going to have to pay for all that yeah so um and most people i will say we've had a great response you know from the building owners because the building owners are separate from the business owners right Mm -hmm. some people do have a business and own the building but it's rare most of them are small businesses are 
are leasing the space mm-hmm. for their business, right? So they're working with their building owner on what's happening and and all of that. But it ultimately is the obviously the property owner's mm-hmm. choice. Um, so and decision, you know what they want to do, but um, yeah, this the project. We expect it to break ground um in late spring. So we're hoping before the end of by, by Memorial Day, but probably before that. Okay. Um, of twenty twenty three. Correct. Okay. They are estimating um, 18 months to two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that, as you know, will depend on supply chain, mm-hmm. um, weather. It could be a lot of things. But and then also what they find. What they find beneath the street. Worms. That's the big, that's mm-hmm. the biggest piece. We, you know, we had Columbia Gas did some work on um, some of the area down there back maybe I guess that was in the spring Mm -hmm. when they did that and um of this year and we would go out there and look under to see what they were seeing and it was fascinating it was Mm -hmm. like you could see old trolley tracks and you could see layers of stuff and they're gonna have to rip all that out I think I'm not a Mm -hmm. contractor but I'm pretty sure they're gonna have to I, I think it'll probably be too difficult to work around it they're gonna have to tear some of that out yeah um and that's gonna be it could be challenging what they find, but, but also interesting. I think that that like the layers that you're talking about also keeps the public engaged because yes. it's a historical aspect too, Yes, where you could say like, Oh yeah, we remember when come, we, you can see it in the museum. Oh, it has trolley tracks and all blah, blah, blah. Right. But you can actually see it. And that might be like a really fun, yeah. interactive experience for yep. some people. Um, and I just think that it's, Yes, people have memories with it, but you're still going to have those memories. You're going to be able to create new memories and they're going to also be able to be there for the next generation too. Correct. So, I mean, you're giving your constituents a, a something that's nice. Yes. Two years is a little hard pill to swallow right it's after a pandemic. Hard, it is a hard pill to swallow mm-hmm. um, and it hopefully won't take that long, but you know, it probably will. I was going to say 18 months to two years, you always err on the side of two years. So it could even, yes. Mm -hmm. And it could even be a little longer, but hopefully not. And, um, and while it's going on, you know, we are very committed to supporting the downtown businesses. Um, we have some grant money, some of them have rear entrances to their shops. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have signage for them and, maps and signage downtown and banners and we have a website that we're finishing up that's going to have sections on it with like what's going on today in construction and I'll be in contact very closely on a daily basis with our city engineer Bobby Smith Mm -hmm. who is the one who'll be the main contact with the contractor he's like the uh, project manager then correct Mm -hmm. and he and his team but he'll be the main point of contact and so I'll be in contact with them and the contractor, you know, to get updates on mm-hmm. the contractor understands. We made it very clear in the bid package that um, they have to take into consideration that they cannot like close off entrances to businesses you know, weeks on end. You know, right. you just they just can't do that right? Um, because there are some people who don't have another entrance and, you know, they won't survive this if they can't continue to do business mm-hmm. at least somewhat normally. And, we're going to have incentives for people because some people may be like, oh, I don't want to get in all that construction mess and go downtown, whatever. So we're going to try to have incentives and still have some music events downtown just on other streets. We're mm-hmm. figuring that out maybe over at Canal Place. Yeah. The farmer's market is going to move to Canal Place. 
um, for the interim. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably be for two summers. Yeah. Um, and we've already, in fact, they were going to do it this year because we thought construction was going to start. And then with supply chain and other things, we had to delay it. And so they were able to stay in Cumberland this this year. Right. In fact, this week is the last day of the farmer's market. But then they will move over there. We've laid it out. They have a map. They have a whole layout of how they're going to do it mm-hmm. because they had already prepared that thinking yes. that we're going to go this year. So they're ready to go. And, you know, we'll just... I think there's a kind of a um, silver lining to this project other than it's going to be amazing when it's right. done. Um, that canal place in downtown have always been kind of disconnected visually and also physically with the times news building. I'm just going to call it out. It's there. Yep. You can't see the train station from when you're downtown. So I feel like it's now with this revitalization project, you're actually forcing people whether they want to or not, mm-hmm. to look at different areas of the city that they would not frequent as much. Now, I will say Canal Place, huge hop out of tourism. And there's a lot of disconnect between that and the downtown. Mm-hmm. So people don't know that it's there until they get to the maybe the bridge and look down. Right. And they go, oh, I had no idea that all that was down there. Right. Um, now they, they can say, oh, well, we'll stay for another night. Or they continue to go to Frostburg or, or places west. Right. So... It's a really good opportunity to be like, oh, yeah, we've got Canal Place and then we've mm-hmm. got this downtown. So it's kind of a nice connection point. And I'm hoping that that's a little bit of a silver lining for Yeah, for I hope so. And we've had a lot of conversation with um, the folks over at Canal Place, Dee Dee Ritchie and yeah, her yeah. team, mm-hmm. about how we can kind of remedy that thinking and, um, again, have some kind of signage or a pathway that's painted or mm-hmm. something in the road we've yeah. talked about all kinds of things you know that that um that we can do to- i think that um the anytime there's a <clears throat> disruption it's also a really great place to be creative Definitely. so i mean i hope that cumberland embraces creativity in a way that is maybe outside of the norm and outside of typical mm-hmm. what is expected of cumberland because this is a huge project and the fact that it even got through and we're, you're going to break ground in 2023 is, is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. It's been years in the making and long before I was here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they were, this idea came to light and there were lots of community meetings mm-hmm. and um, input and grant writing and, you know, all kinds of work that was done long before I came. This, this kind of project takes a long time and revitalization in it within itself takes years you know for things to really turn but we're on the right path we have a number of new businesses downtown Mm -hmm. amazingly in this time um the past two years that I've been here you know in the pandemic coming out of the main part of the pandemic how many businesses have opened and people buying buildings down there so there is a lot of vision Mm -hmm. and um hope and I think um and, and quite frankly, there's money that's yeah. being poured in. You well, know, I mean, yes, that's, that's the elephant in the room, right? Like there's a lot yeah. of money. And the thing is, is like you can be successful. They basically on a federal and state level, there are programs in place to help sustain businesses because we also know that the model of the shopping mall at the Cumberland Country Club, that model has really failed in the it whole has. scheme of themes. So now things are more centrally located mm-hmm. and, much more small. And I think that we have the ability because we did it once before in the past, we have a huge, we have a long history of self-sustaining downtowns. It's now shifted back down and you can have the diversity in businesses that you want 
and you're showcasing the best of the best in your downtown. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think, um, I think sometimes people don't understand the impact of making a purchase mm-hmm. at a local business. Yeah. And I would really challenge everyone, whether you live in Cumberland or somewhere else and you're listening to this, the greatest thing you can do for your community, and there's lots of good things you can sure. do, right? But one of, one of the greatest things you can do is to go into a small business in your town where you live, in your community, and make a purchase. If you find something that you connect with and you purchase it, that person has spent a lot of time, effort, and uh, and it's their, also their passion to open a business. It's not easy to open a business and keep I it have open. So much respect for people who do it, right? So you've got that, and you, so whether they're making something or they're you know selling something that somebody else has made, a lot of thought has gone into that, and that you connecting with that is like really impactful. Just that whole series yes. of events that it took for you to buy that postcard or that sticker or whatever you're right. buying, a bike, whatever the case may be, right? Um, it does take an, an incredible amount of effort. And when you do that, you become part of the circle the, of sustaining your community. When a small business, when small businesses in, in a community like Cumberland are thriving, it lifts the whole town up. 100%. Yeah. And, and if, because if they don't, and we have a bunch of vacant shops downtown, all that yells is disinvestment and the community doesn't care about itself and those kind of things. And so there are vacant buildings downtown mm-hmm. right now. Um, most of them now have been bought in mm-hmm. the past couple of years. Huge investment going on. And I know that I hear a lot from folks, well, that's all well and good and that's wonderful. But we also have a lot of other needs. We have these bridges that are out in town and we have this and that. And absolutely, I hear you. And there are, in any small town, other challenges like mm-hmm. that. They're always going to be. However, the grant money that we're getting is very specific for the things for small business, like you mentioned a minute ago. Mm-hmm. We can't use that grant money for a bridge. There's other resources for yeah. that. It's earmarked money. So it's I've, earmarked. Yeah. You know, we have we have some good leadership in Cumberland that is um, committed to downtown mm-hmm. and uh, wants to see it thrive and and uh, succeed. And um, I think, like I said before, we're on the right path. It does take patience, but it also takes a community that's willing to come out and yeah, get on board. Know. Really, I mean, if you're if I would say, you know, I hear this a lot from people. Well. I don't know why y'all are investing all this money because no one comes down there. That is so untrue. And I will tell you that I was downtown yesterday. Yeah, me too, um, actually. And we were walking around. Uh, I was, you know, I go down there to to see what's going on, take sure. pictures, talk to, you know, touch base with b- built uh, business owners, take them materials to put up in their shops for events that are coming up. And it, and it was a beautiful day yesterday, mm-hmm. but it was hopping. People were sitting outside eating. People were shopping. Shops had their doors open. It's Um, like, I think that people say, if anybody that says to you, there's nobody downtown, they're not downtown. That should be the first grain of salt. They say, okay, when was the last time you were downtown? If you start questioning them about, oh, when was the last time you were downtown? Oh, well, it's been, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't go down there. I don't go down there. Why? Well, because I don't blah, blah, blah. Well, then how can you have an opinion on it? You have no idea what's going on. Exactly. I also would say that... um, we, the Appalachian Regional Commission had their big event oh, yeah. in Cumberland last week. And it was really interesting to talk to. It was 13 states, 423 counties. Ashley Workman was on a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago on the podcast. It's a great episode. You should listen to it. But she t- goes in more in depth with that. But 
talking talking to all these small towns, municipalities, everybody's in the same boat, kind of figuring it out. So you've got, I equated it to this. You've got people that are like um, the Ashevilles who've got it together. You know, they look, they got all the stuff going. They know what they're doing, mm-hmm. right? Then you have places like Cumberland who are trying to get as close to success or what success looks like in Asheville or larger cities that kind of are similar. And then you have other municipalities who are looking at Cumberland going, hey, we want to get to where you are. Right. How did you do it? And that was really a cool experience to have people come up and say like, okay, so how did you get from point A to point B? Or having small businesses talk to people who are making policies in these smaller towns and or and or bigger towns going, yeah, you know, the businesses that you think are doing really, really well, they also need support too. Mm-hmm. So and or when you're thinking about this, maybe think about that in your grant writing or grant funding or how you structure things. It was a really amazing experience because you got to see, you got to basically pull back as a community and be like, wow, we really are, we've got some stuff going on here and yes. we're not doing as bad as we think we are when you're in it. You right. know? So it was also nice to have all these people come and be like, wow, your city's amazing. Right. And you're like, you know what it is. It is yeah. to hear that feedback from people who don't live here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think people who live here need to hear that. Yes. I totally agree. I, um, I was walking on the canal towpath this past weekend. Couple was riding bikes They had stopped to take pictures with Mm -hmm. their phones of the train coming in. The Western Merritt was coming into the station. And um, I could hear them talking to each other like, well, what is that? And I knew they weren't from here. So Mm -hmm. I chatted with them. They were from Kentucky. They said they're bike riders. They were riding a lot of the trail. And he said, we're just blown away. We never knew that this haven was here. Mm Mm-hmm. And I hear that all the time from people who have come, a lot of them off the trail, yep. um, which is a gem that we have that people don't realize because it generates so much. Well, um, I, so one of the speakers I listened, had the privilege of meeting and actually listening to um, was the head of the Gap Trail. Oh, Brian? Brian. Yes. Yeah. So you're sitting here and you're like, okay, great. You know, um, the thing about the Gap Trail, people are like, oh, it's tourism, tourism, tourism. Daily users are the are the most mm-hmm. beneficial, the who benefit the most from the Gap Trail, right? Or any trail really in a mm-hmm. community is the daily users, the people that are out there walking for their own physical activity or walking their dogs or mm-hmm. taking a bike ride mm-hmm. or just a, a, a way to say if you have kids to say like, hey, you can run as far ahead as you want and there's not going to be any oncoming traffic, you know, right. besides a bike or whatever. Right. But the point is, it's a, it's a safe haven for that activity great you know so it's yes you get your tourism but the the main benefit is actually to the community it the is local it's community. a huge asset that we have here and every friend that i have that comes here to visit we always walk on the trail mm-hmm. and they are just amazed yeah and know? it's right downtown and there's multiple points of entry yes which is nice too. yeah yeah so i think um i think people just you know it's easy it's like when you live in a community and people say People come visit and they say, oh, let's go to that museum. And you're like, well, I've never been there. It's like sometimes you forget in your own community. I think you need to to, be a tourist in your own town. Absolutely do. And I think then you have a greater appreciation. Yeah, but then you also see things that maybe need improvement, you know? Yes. Like if you say, if I'm a tourist in this town and I don't know how to get from point A to point B, 
Huh, maybe, you know, a sign here on the corner might be helpful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like little things like yes. that. And if you see those things, instead of just holding that in and being like, well, it's a negative thing. Like and complaining about it. And complaining it. about it. Mm-hmm. Make an effort to like send an email. Yeah, talk Pick to up somebody. the phone. Say, hey, I had a thought. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think about maybe doing this or this? Yeah. And it not also understand that that idea is maybe a great idea, but it might take six months to happen. Just or keep, longer. Or longer. Yeah. But I always appreciate feedback and um, suggestions, mm-hmm. you know, for downtown. Um, and I welcome them because some people have lived here longer than I have, or they've traveled somewhere else where they've seen something yeah. work and they want to share that with me. I love hearing that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's going to take all of us, mm-hmm. you know, not just the group that's in charge of picking a lamppost for downtown, <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, <laughs> it's going to take all of us to see this through and make sure that, um, I don't know. There's just so many exciting things happening with um, the water park, you know, that. Yeah, that the river park. The river yeah. Park, mm-hmm. Excuse me. Yeah, the, the river, river project. Park, yeah. the river project. And, um, you know, the the trains doing really well. They, mm-hmm. They're just sold out every. Yeah, even like know. Jackson Tracks, which yeah. is the. Yes. I mean, that I mean, the thing is, I think that if you don't know what's going on, check out your local tourism websites and all that kind of stuff and figure out where you can actually experience these things that other people. So when people come to you and go, Oh my God, like if you're traveling, it happens. We're, we're from Cumberland. Oh my God. I love Cumberland. I, I did yes. this, 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 and this. And you're like, what you do? Who does that? You know right. what I mean? So, well, when people say there's nothing to do here, mm. it just drives me crazy. Cause yeah. I'm like, well, then you're not looking because right. exactly. every, particularly this time of year when the weather's so beautiful and, there's a ton of stuff to do. Yeah, absolutely. Even if, it, and- even if it is just going to, like you said, going to a business that has their tables still outside mm-hmm. and you're eating outside and enjoying that last few warm days before winter hits. You know, another thing also is, yes, this is a great time to be outside and do all those things. But when you want to just stay cozy in your house, you need to remember that businesses are still existing in this cold weather climate. Yes. And whether you just want to pick up dinner fine but you're still supporting that business absolutely and um yeah january through march can be challenging for our small businesses anywhere but certainly in cumberland it is because of the weather Mm -hmm. and there is no outdoor dining and people may not want to get out but that is the most critical time to support them and again yeah ordering food going to pick it up or having it delivered um you know Get yourself bundled up and dine out. Just yeah, there's no such thing as bad weather, night. just bad clothing. And Mandala uh, can help you out with yes, that. Yes, yeah. he can. Mm-hmm. Go to Wheels Up and yeah. he'll get you outfitted. But there's um, there's still music downtown, mm-hmm. you know. It's just inside. It's yeah. all going to be inside. Yeah. You know, there's still good music. There's great shopping. So um, although the holiday season usually does well downtown, it's busy and yeah. it's that's wonderful, but... I think that's when people have allocated the most spending for, you know, gift giving and all that other kind of stuff. But I also think that you could spread it out a little bit, too. So if you can say, like, okay, I'm going to do the lion's share of my budget for gift giving on this particular Mm -hmm. occasion, that's fine. But then also maybe remember, like, when January and February roll around, maybe I could put aside you know, 20 or $30 so that I can say, okay, in January, I'm going to go in and spend this yes. amount of money locally. I mean, I think that's something, a way we can probably just reframe it. So our holiday gift giving season, yes, that's the 
That's yep. the big bulk. I mean, you but, know, you've got you've got Valentine's Day in February, mm-hmm. and think about well, you know, Mother's Day and graduations and all that come up in the spring. Let me go spend some money now and get yep. those gifts now. Yeah, and then I'm done. Then you don't have to think about it. Don't have to worry about mm-hmm. it. And then I'm supporting the business in a time that would be challenging and slow for them. So yeah. we're also going to try to have some events downtown in the winter, maybe like a hot chocolate walk. Yeah. And, some things like that in January, February to encourage people to come downtown. Mm-hmm. I'm encouraging a lot of the um, shop owners when the people are holiday shopping to offer coupons to come back. Mm-hmm. Like this coupon's good in January and it's 25% off. An, right. Uh, you know, it's only item. good in January. It's only good in January. You know, things like that. So I'm encouraging them to do things like that, which many of them I think are, you know, in, are considering that and will do it Yeah. Um, to help. With just with foot traffic. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think. Um, so you're feeling pretty positive about everything. Oh, yeah. I'm Go feeling ahead. very positive about it. Um, I'm encouraged. I'm inspired, Good. honestly, by a lot of the business owners that are visionary and yeah. excited about what's going to happen. They're nervous and excited at the same time. Oh, but that's uh, opening any business. Is, I mean, that's. Yep. I mean, if you're not nervous and excited at the same time then you're not doing it right exactly (laughs) so yeah awesome well thanks for coming I really appreciate you have to come back and give us updates on the project I think this would be a good um, thing to talk about because you know this is a weekly podcast so if things are changing throughout the week or there's an event and you just want to pop on and say like hey this is what's going on so let me mention just real quickly coming up so we have um and then we get into the holiday season. We'll have our tree lighting the day after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. on that Friday. Um, those festivities will probably start around 6, and there'll be all kinds of entertainment and music and the lighting of the downtown and the big tree probably sometime around 7. Okay. Um, and um, <clears throat> and then the next day is Small Shop Saturday, mm-hmm. which there'll be all kind of specials going on and uh, at the shops and that's a national kind of celebration. Yeah, small business Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's always the it's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So yes, I think this always. year it's the twenty sixth, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, the tree lighting's twenty fifth. That's yep. twenty sixth. And um and then we have our uh we're gonna do for the I think the third year in a row, we're doing a contest. It's called um Shop Small Win Big. Okay. And um that's something that our downtown does in, in partnership with County Tourism and Allegheny County Tourism oh, and yeah. Frostburg participates mm-hmm. as well. They're yeah. their Main Street organization. And so if you shop um, in any of the small businesses or it could be restaurant, mm-hmm. um, you take your receipt, you download it onto the site and enter into the contest and then they give gift cards away each week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a big gift card uh, giveaway at the end that I think is like more than $500 yeah, at the I think end. That, I think so too. Yeah. And um, I don't know the dates for that. I'll have to, we're still putting together the information for that, but mm-hmm. you can find out about that. You'll see a lot. You'll see some things in the Cumberland times news and radio ads and signage around town. Um, and the shops will know about it. Mm-hmm. So you can ask in the shops, but it typically kicks off right around small shop Saturday. Nice. And, um, goes through like right up before Christmas day. So, um, that's going to be really great. And then we'll have the ball drop on new year's Eve (laughs) and that, that, you know, these things are going to be the last holiday type events for two couple years downtown. Now Mm -hmm. we're, 
you know, we're very, we will have a tree lighting somewhere, yeah. you know, in the years that the construction's going on. I don't know where that will be, but mm-hmm. it will be somewhere in the downtown area sure. um, to continue that tradition. So, uh, but yeah, I hope people will come out and enjoy yeah, those things. Absolutely. And, and if you're listening from out of town, it's a really great family experience. So you should come. Absolutely. Figure yeah. it out. I mean, the train still runs and they do the Polar Express. Polar Express. And, mm-hmm. um, it, it's just, um, it's fun. We make the most out of winter in Western Maryland, which I think really is do. Cool. Yeah. It's very festive, but yeah, but I appreciate the opportunity and I just encourage everyone who's listening, you know, do your part, go make a go make a purchase, yeah. you know, at a small shop. Or just like talk with your business, small business owner. Yeah. Just engage a little bit. Yep. It's awesome. Thanks, Melinda. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. For more information on what you've heard on today's show, be sure to check out our website and that's recordtalklisten.com. There you'll find all of our previous episodes for you to listen to for free. And while you're there, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on any of the, anywhere you get your podcasts. We're there. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, you know, all the, all the, all the heavy hitters. Audible, I think we're on Audible too. So check us out there. And uh, yeah, so next week we're going to have some pretty spectacular guests as always. And Thank you for listening. And if you would like to be on the show or you know of somebody that would be a great guest, we encourage you to reach out. You can send us an old-fashioned email at recordtalklisten at gmail.com if you're feeling fancy. This has been another episode of Record Talk Listen, where I hit record, people talk, and hopefully you listen. And until next time, thank you so much.